Hello all, welcome to another episode of Directive Stories. And uh, today we are joined by our special guest, uh, Deepak Kasi. Deepak, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, Great Deepak, uh, yeah, is, again, I'm feeling awesome uh, to be here uh, with you. Uh, let's dive in. Um, probably, um, I'm very pleased uh, sharing this uh, particular episode about various experiences in leadership development in terms of telehealth future, uh, both good and not so good. I'm going to share some feedback which we got from our clients in terms mm -hmm. of um, being um, um, being that particular leader in this post-pandemic world. What are the planning uh, which we need to tweak uh, into the future to develop this? So for uh, all the listeners out there, uh, if you're watching this live do share uh, your thoughts or do share your feedback in the comment section uh, if you're hitting the replay let us know where you're tuning in from where you're signing from so deepak um he's a teacher at the university of applied sciences in rotterdam uh, he had very interesting and fascinating career in different roles um, be it from teaching to management positions to the corporate world he had specialized himself in the area of personal development and also in terms of leadership. So Deepak, uh, I mean, uh, keeping um, the kind of time which we have uh, in in place, uh, I just wanted to uh, hear it from you. Uh, could you please do the honors, introducing yourself to our listeners? Uh, how did you end up being a coach? Uh, also into leadership development. Could you please share your journey precisely? Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, given the time that we have, I'm going to keep it very brief, Raj, because there are a lot of things to consider. Um, but, you know, my journey started actually when I left school already, and it's been like ages ago. Um, and for me, it was like I started very much in an, I would say, in a, in a regular profession. Uh, I was working for a company called AT&T. This was my first uh, career job. And that was great, but it all there was so many changes in my job, and I was very impatient. I was a very impatient young man, I would say, um, and I wanted to make progress very fast. And if things didn't go fast enough for me, I just switched. I just went to another career, um, hoping that that would bring me to my goal much faster. Uh, but to make a long story short, after making many transitions in my career, about nine years ago, I decided to become self-employed. And my first step in self-employment was to become a self-employed project management consultant because that was the thing that I've been doing for the 12, 13 years before that. Okay. Uh, and that was also in the telecommunication industry. But about six years ago, I made a decision to transition again, go to another career. And I totally left the field that I was working in. And I went for doing coaching and training. And that's what I'm still doing today. And the reason I decided to do that, it was not because, you know, I didn't do my whole life just to become a coach or a trainer. That's something that I anticipated on doing when I become old, this is what I'm gonna do. Uh, but it's something I realized that, hey, this is something that I've been doing on the side and I really enjoy doing it. And while I really enjoy doing it, I thought, you know what? Why not make a profession out of this? Why not build a career out of this? And that's what I started doing about six years ago. That's how I came to this part that I'm currently on, uh, Raj. 
Awesome. Could you also share um, as part of side hustle, probably in terms of health and fitness, uh, uh, apart from physical running, why you run so much, not only for leadership development, but in real awesome life? Yeah. The thing is, I started running when I was about 16 years old. And okay. my brother, one of my brothers asked me like, hey, Deepak, do you want to come along for a run? I said, sure, why not? And since then, I, I kept on running. My brother stopped running and I was still, I'm still doing it, actually. So, okay. And I'm, I'm doing it because it is, it's fun. It's actually, it's relaxing. When you're doing it, it's not relaxing at all, but it relaxes my mind. It makes me free. It makes me not think of all the things that are going on in a very, how to say, worrying way. But it allows me to think about things in a very constructive way. Usually I get my, <clears throat> sorry, my best ideas when I'm running or when I'm oh. taking a shower as well. <laughs> yeah, again, um, many people think uh, moment they get promoted as a leader, probably uh, anybody in terms of career or any particular job, be it uh, personal self-development or many people get excited um like the way you mentioned hitting the shower or probably playing the music um that is kind of a therapy uh mm -hmm. running for therapy or leadership um responsibilities as a therapy but as you grow the bigger you become uh, the responsibilities also grow bigger so in terms of uh the kind of tremendous experience you had you proved it time and again that you are a student in fact we are all all of us are students all the time. So what yeah. should healthcare executives should consider uh, to be students all the time? Well, you know, um, the thing that I like to believe for myself is that I don't have all the answers. Even if I have the answers, those answers might be applicable now, but they might not be applicable a year from now or five years from now. So whatever we think it's real or true now, might not be true five years from now because there are new developments, there are new insights. And if we don't look at those new developments and new insights, we're going to hold on to old regimes, which are or old doctrines or dogmas, which are maybe not valid or relevant anymore. So if we fail to look at those things, we are going to be stay stuck in a way that is not effective for us anymore. And it's definitely not gonna help the people that we're trying to lead or trying to support with our skills. Because especially in the, in the healthcare industry, I would say people come to you because they look at you as being the expert. Now they look at That's you right. like, you know, it's like there is God and then there are the healthcare <laughs> specialists. And then there are other people. So whatever healthcare people say, you know, we believe them to be true because these people have worked hard, studied hard. And so we, whatever they say, we, we take them for true. So that's why we have to be critical about our own thinking uh, as a healthcare specialist. Uh, because if you're not being critical to yourself anymore, you don't develop yourself anymore, you're not going to be able to provide a great service to your patients. And then you will be actually failing your patient. And that's not what you want to do as a healthcare professional. And that's not what your patients are expecting from you as well. So that's a very important reason for keeping developing yourself. Um, awesome. That's what my thought is.
Yeah, that, that's that's great. That's that's interesting. You said um, okay, instead of staying stuck, you need to um, lead or you need to support. You need to be um, upgrading your skills uh, critically. In fact, uh, this reminded me. Moment you mentioned God and healthcare, or probably the profession of this reminded me of uh, the purpose video which you mentioned uh, with your dad. I the one of the videos which I yeah. watched on YouTube. So yeah. when you ask your dad, like, what's the purpose of life? Yeah, I mean, when, dad, when your dad, he, he asked you, he said, I don't know. <laughs> that reminded me of your question. So uh, many doctors consider that not only doctors, everybody in the healthcare profession, that their main purpose is to take care of the patients. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a patient-centric model out there. Yeah. But in the um, post-pandemic world, again, um, the kind of things which we have all seen, everybody had been challenged. In fact, leaders have been challenged enough to learn something new. So mm -hmm. was there anything new which you had learned in this last one year which you want to pass away? Or would you like to share with something which this healthcare executive should learn? Is there something uh, new which this pandemic had taught you? Yeah. Well, you know, um actually one of the things that they have been how to say uh, keeping me busy a lot during this last year because in the beginning we didn't know what was about to happen we didn't know what 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 this uh pandemic was we didn't see it that much as a pandemic at that time maybe even um so we all went in full with all the restrictions that we were having and uh, we were very much concerned about our own health, but also for people next to us. Yeah, uh, the community around. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so while we're being very concerned, we were taking all the things that um, our government, uh, but also our official organization were telling us. We were all taking them for granted. Yes, we will comply. Yes, we will comply. And um, while at that moment, that was absolutely necessary to just to comply and to listen uh, because we didn't know what was going on. Um, it seems like we failed to keep a critical mind. That's my view as an outsider. Uh, okay. We failed to get okay. a critical mind. Sorry? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. with respect to critical mind, but again, um, let, let's discuss on the mindset uh, because the strongest mm -hmm. leaders uh, they all need to navigate crisis like this COVID-19. Yeah. In fact, uh, one thing we need to check all the uh, emergency preparedness or the boxes which are there. It's quite literally um, or probably I would say mentally to stay on point. Even we are all surrounded by the tragedy and uncertainty. There's mm -hmm. lots of vaccination happening. Uh, again, keeping the six feet social distance, avoiding crowds. There are too many things to do. Uh, like you, like the way you mentioned, it's full of restrictions. It yeah. is uh, the way we look at um, uh, probably come up with new thoughts with the critical mind. So yeah. uh, what kind of mindset are, can anybody change their mindset? Because somebody who worked in the healthcare for two decades, three decades, 30, 40 years, they yeah. think that's their end of life. But we've seen uh, KFC founder, uh, we've seen uh, many. Uh, now I see you trying to be uh, trying to add more value to the community. I've seen you in the global uh, women and the UK forum. I'd seen the kind of leaders who served in the corporate world for almost two decades now are coming back to the community. So, uh, yeah. 
can these uh, executives in the healthcare space, uh, be it nurses, physicians, be it uh, therapists, counselors, mm -hmm. can they change their mindset from care to leadership? Well, I think um, they both go very well together. You know, uh, I think the the basic role of a leader is to serve. I mean, you cannot be a leader if you're doing it for yourself, because who are you leading then? Just yourself. And while personal leadership is the foundation, you know, you need to be able to lead yourself first. But if you want to lead other people, then you need to support them. You need to serve them. And one way of serving them is by taking care of them. And so in the healthcare industry, you're taking care of your patients. So in that perspective, you as a healthcare professional, you are a leader, whether you like it or not. You know, again, people are looking up to you. And as soon as people are looking up to you, you are in a leadership position. Uh, and so from, from that perspective, uh, being a healthcare professional makes you a leader uh, by definition almost. So it's, it's not two separate things. It's the same thing. So the mindset of a healthcare professional needs to be like, hey, and it's just me telling them what to do. So I'm trying to be very <laughs> humble about my position here. At the same time, um, I want to just give some kind of insight is that the mindset should be is like, I'm a leader. So how can I best support, serve, or take care of my patients? And if you come in from that perspective, you need, you're going to be, how to say, questioning yourself all the time. Okay, what is something else that I can improve to take care of the patients in a much better way. And that's the kind of questions that you keep asking yourself as a leader. A leader never thinks like, I know the answers. Uh, a leader always is looking for the answers and is, I would say, almost never satisfied with the answer because there's also gonna be an exception to that answer. So you need to find out something that you can work with and keep exploring that what you don't know yet. I don't know if I really awesome. answered your question right now, Raj. Yeah, you did, you did. In fact, um, okay, it's all about serving. It's all about leading, uh, not only others, but also personal development. I need yeah. to lead myself uh, uh, yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. So the foundation lies in supporting and serving uh, anybody who comes in need of help, be it organizations, be it uh, the community members, so with the kind of um, uh, journey which you had, be it posting vlogs on the YouTube channels with the kind of insights which you share, mm -hmm. um, you, you've been uh, a health freak, you've been a fantastic sports person. Uh, I also got to know that you are an investor in the stock market and cryptocurrencies, but how do you manage all these things? Uh, yeah. Apart from uh, like the kind of nutrition or the food, uh, are there any secrets which you would like to share? Because everybody yeah. thinks that patient care is all about documenting because moment a patient comes, many of these doctors, uh, yeah. many of these healthcare executives, they spend lots of time in documenting what they have done. And yeah. I've seen 83 or 84% of the time goes only in documenting or probably it's like data entry. So I've seen yeah. few family medicine physicians or people who are nurse practitioners, they say there's too much to document. Though the technology is helping them, there's too yeah. much to document. So how do you yeah. manage all the various chapters in life? Uh, yeah. Because some people are 
overwhelmed with whatever they already have? How do you manage yeah. things? Well, actually, you know, um, and I really don't envy those doctors because I think I live in the Netherlands and we have the same kind of regulations here as well. You need to keep documenting everything that you're doing. Um, so it's everybody's complaining about the amount of administration that's going around the, how would say, providing care uh, to the patients. Um, having said that, you know, it's very important for me to be able to balance all aspects of my life. So the, the chapters, as you were mentioning them, I have written down for myself, like, what are the chapters that are really important for me? And I'm looking at those chapters and on a, on a weekly basis. And I'm looking at them on a weekly basis, okay. thinking about what can I do to create progress in this chapter this week? So that's something you do on a regular basis. And it's not like, uh, how to say, setting huge targets or goals for yourself each week, but it's setting that target for yourself like in a distance, like this is where I want to be in a month from now, uh, six months from now, or a year from now. And what is it that I can do this week to get there? Whether that's a small step or a big step, um, what can I do to get there in the short amount of, in the amount of time that I have? And it's okay. about making progress. So for me, it's like more important, like are, am I making progress or not? Am I becoming getting closer to my goal or not? Am I becoming better than yesterday or not? Those are the questions that I keep asking myself on a daily basis. And sometimes I have to admit to myself as well, you know, being very much in the personal development industry uh, for a long time. Sometimes I have to admit like, hey, Deepak, you didn't really do a good job this week, right? Or today. Um, so you really have to pay attention again and uh, start becoming better at following up on what you need to do. And so, so setting the goal each week is not something that I have to do this and I'm gonna do this, but it helps me to stay on track towards that goal that I've set for myself. Okay, the path to progress. This reminds me. This weekly statistics. Looking at hey, uh, Raj, I'm not. I've not done this. Or uh, hey, Deepak, I've not. Having done this. This self analysis. Or looking at the weekly statistics. This self analysis. Uh, I mean, people tend to procrastinate. So, is it advisable to have a coach or a mentor during the yeah. journey? Or what should be the path to progress? Yeah. Every hour. Well, as, or every as, day. As, as a coach, it's like I'm. I'm almost. I would say, uh, obliged to say that, of course you need to have a coach, you know? Um, but that's not, it's not because I'm a coach, but also realizing that, you know, if you look at anyone uh, in any environment that is performing really well, everybody has a coach. Everybody has, whether that's someone that they're paying or not, uh, everybody has someone that is holding them accountable. Everyone is someone that is pushing them forward and uh, getting them out of their comfort zone. If you don't have that kind of person in your life, you're going to stay stuck at the same place. And when you stay stuck yeah. at the same place, you're not growing anymore. And if you're not growing, unfortunately, the only other way is you're dying. So if you want to okay. keep growing, you want to keep living, if you want to keep adding value to yourself but to others as well, you need to push yourself out of that comfort zone. And it's not always going to be nice or easy, but it's gonna be very rewarding at the end of it. Yeah, uh, this is like, again, instead of saying awesome, I wanted to say awesome, but again, before coming back to the word awesome, I just wanted, this reminded me the way you mentioned like everybody needs a coach. 
I was just wondering, uh, people in healthcare can easily afford coaches, but there are a few therapists, counselors, uh, there are a few social workers yeah. who struggle uh, very hard to make the ends meet. So yeah. people who can't afford coach, now, can your spouse be a coach? Can people of younger generation, can your children be coach? Uh, or is it always advisable to somebody who is more matured, more experienced than you to have a coach? Like, uh, what what should a coach be like? Yeah. No, the thing is that anyone can be a coach. So that's that's the first thing I want to say. Anyone can be a coach. Sometimes it's just one sentence someone says to be able to make like a radical change. I forgot what the name of this guy was, uh, but I do remember the story that this guy was working for Ford, Mr. Ford, in the in the I don't know back in the days, and. Um, he was like the second uh, person in, in row to become like the, 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 the person to follow up for, but he didn't make it. Actually, he was fired and uh, he left the company and he went to work for this other company, I think for Chrysler at that time. And uh, at that time, um, he was saying like things like he was telling his wife, like, you know what, I don't think we can turn around this company. I don't, I think it's going to be impossible to do this. And his wife told him like, well, I'm sure Mr. Ford would be happy to hear that. And that was all it take for him, took for him to make the radical change and to create the progress that he wanted to create and make the shift uh, that was needed within his company. So sometimes it's just one sentence that someone says, whether that's your wife, your child, your father, your mother, a friend or or a professional coach, but sometimes that's all what people need. But the thing is that people get excited about doing something. And they say like, okay, I, I want to do this, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna push forward, and they push, 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 and then they get out of energy, right? Because pushing hard might work for a while, but it will not work for a long term. So yeah, the fulfillment uh, factor in the long term wouldn't be well, yeah the in, happiness in the and fulfillment. You also to have something that is gonna how to say attract you towards that goal. You want to achieve that, so you're pushing against something is gonna cost you a lot of energy. But if somebody pulls you or something pulls you, then it doesn't cost you energy at all. You're just gonna be pulled by it. So that's why when people fall in love, they feel attracted, and it doesn't cost them energy. It gives them energy. Um, so that's the second part that's important as well. And there's a third element as well in there. And the third element is that you need to have a strategy to get where you want to go. Because you can have the willpower and you can have the uh, attraction or the compelling goal. Um, but if there is no way of getting there, if there's no defined route to getting there, then it's going to be hard as well. So those three things combined are going to create magic for you. And those are the things where a coach can really help you with. So that's why I think a coach or a mentor, someone's going to challenge you and is going to provide you, how to say, support, but also on ask, going to ask you some questions so you can find the answers within you. Because very often people think we have the answers as the coach, but we usually yeah, don't. Yeah. We're going to help you to find the answers that are within you already. That's what we do. Okay, that's great. That's interesting. And the way you uh, brought the story of Mr. Ford or probably the spouse saying Mr. Ford would like to hear it, that reminded me of this uh, 
um, elderly person uh, at the uh, Kennedy Space Center or at NASA, I don't remember exactly, but yeah. he goes to the person who is uh, moving the broomstick and he says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm putting the man on the moon. And okay. that's the kind of vision or probably anybody should be looking at. So in terms of willpower and the strategy which people should look into, um, if we need to create a new breed of leaders because people say they don't have time for coaching, they don't have time for personal development, what are your thoughts on creating a new breed of leaders, uh, mainly what's right about mm -hmm. healthcare in general or what's wrong? And not only yeah. in UK, but in US or globally. Yeah, well, the thing is that, you know, if people say that they don't have time for personal development, then I'm always thinking about, you know, how do you want to create progress then? Because the level of success that you're going to create in your profession is never going to exceed the level of personal development that you have been going through, going through yourself. So if you are in a personal development level, you are the level seven or eight don't expect to make a progress in your business or in your profession. It's going to be at the level nine or 10. So it's going to be really important to realize that. So if you really want to make progress, you know, I, I've been working with people from all kinds of industries, uh, whether that's in the healthcare or whether that's selling shoes, right? Uh, oh, okay. All, all different kinds of industries. And what you notice that all these people at a certain time, they are having the same kind of questions and they are, I would say, um, getting, hitting uh, the same wall or having to deal with the same obstacles. So, and those things are all questions that are uh, revolving around their mindset. So something is causing them to believe that they can do something or they cannot do something, or they are dependent of someone else or that they are not good enough, or whatever comes up for them, any kind of story that is preventing them to make progress. And once people become aware that, hey, this is just a story that I'm telling myself, there's just a belief that is limiting me from getting to the next level, once I am able to show them like, hey, this is what you're doing, and this is what's really preventing you from making the next step, then they become how to say, much more resourceful in finding solutions in their business. Because again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a shoe salesperson, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not of, of, of any of the profession that people are doing, but I'm still able to give them something to work with so they can find the answers within themselves. So once, they, once you remove the obstacle, they can access all the resources within themselves, in their industry, in their business, so they can create progress. And I think that's one of my roles in this. Yeah, uh, and on this path to progress, uh, I also see, yeah. we all know that there is this rising cost, be it in terms of um, new tests or new drugs or new devices, the new mm -hmm. infrastructure, the new ways of using the technology. Yeah. The new leaders lack the new perspectives. So what is the real disease in terms of rising cost of everything in terms of leadership development or coaching? Um, again, is it the organizations who should be looking at um, the investment or it should always be uh, individual self 
what is the real disease in terms of uh, yeah. the kind of mindset which they which yeah. somebody says who doesn't have time what is the real disease well the thing is uh, if talking about the cost for personal development um yeah that, that was a question that you were asking for yes. me it's like it's not really important who is paying for uh the personal development so if you can pay it yourself that's great if your employer wants to pay for it that's great as well the important thing is like how hungry are you how hungry are you as a professional as a leader to make a change to keep growing because there's a saying like if you don't pay you don't pay attention and i don't buy into yeah. that uh, <laughs> i don't believe that um, for me it's like you know i because i've been to seminars where people pay ten thousand dollars for just one seminar right wow. it's a few weeks of seminar it's a great seminar great content but i see people coming to these seminars and they pay a lot of money i mean for me that's a lot of money and um, they leave and they don't do anything with it right they have the pleasure of saying like no i've been to the seminar it was great i really loved it i learned a lot and then they do nothing with it right so for me the important thing is not like are you paying for it or is someone else paying for it for me the most important question is how hungry are you to make a change how desperate are you to make a change how much how how consistent are you in applying the things that you learn because the the the, the old sto- the old story was, was that you know um, knowledge is power but knowledge is not power you know you can go on on google these days and you will find everything that you ever wanted to know the knowledge is there but nobody's applying it I mean, there are only a few people applying it. And the few people who are applying it, they're having a lot of success. And the other people are just saying, like, you know what? Yeah, I looked at it. I know that. I know that. But they're not doing anything with it. And that's not, you know, like this. I have this thing here. And uh, it sounds like a drawing of, uh, of, my, uh, of, a, of one of my children, but it's not. Actually, this is done by the guy who was known as the rich dad from the rich dad poor dad. Um, and what says what's, what's saying on this thing? That's why I framed it. He used my uh, my notebook to make like explain something to a small group of people. And what it's saying here is commit to mastery. And that's the line that I'm remembering for myself all the time. Like. Am I doing it just because I am I going to do it once and think like I'm, I'm there already? Or am I going to do it a few times so I can say like, you know what, I'm really good at this? Or do I really want to become an expert? Do I really want to become a master at this? Then this line, as, as, as weird as it may sound or look, you know, for me, it's really important. So for me, it, it reminds me like, hey, I need to commit to mastery. I need to create progress. And I'm not there yet. And I'm not pushing myself in a way to be like unhappy with myself, but I'm pushing myself to reach like, hey, come on Deepak, you can do more. There's more inside of you. There's more you can reach. Um, not because I want to have so much things in my life, because I know that there's a potential in me that needs to be in- uncovered. And the more I uncover, the more I'm able to express myself even better. Awesome. In fact, that's good. That's good. With respect to uh, the way you mentioned again in healthcare business, so does it need to be more of team care or does it need to be team sport? Because when you commit yourself to the master, yeah. uh, the culture or probably the language of how you deal with people, the members of the team, 
are um, again be it uh, primary care physicians who are providing the primary care all this does it also need to be more of team care because uh, you mentioned like the way people invest ten thousands of dollars but they don't uh, do anything with the knowledge in, in fact if google has all the answers why yeah. is not everybody happy uh, that's another question which people make me realize so does it need to be more of team care or team effort to committing to the master again is it individual self yeah yeah so it's just just a sideline but i just remember something when you were saying this uh, you know people think that we are very rich and smart you know especially in the western part of the world but you know then the question comes like why are we then so unhealthy and unhappy right <laughs> while we're so rich and smart um so going back to your question about the team sport or um or or, or, uh, or personal uh, it's just an individual thing i think it's going to be a mix of those things um and but it starts with you it starts with you as an individual because you need to take ownership uh, of your own health. You know, if I go to a physician, uh, if I go to a doctor and who doesn't look healthy to me, I kind of lose my faith in that practitioner because, you know, I, I know I shouldn't be judging, but in, a, in the first instance, it's like if I want to be healthy and you don't look healthy to me, why should I buy your advice? So, you, I, I want someone to treat me who's healthy as well. So I need to take care of myself. That's why. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of um, inspiring myself to uncover my potential, to move to the next limit or to the okay. next level. Say, and once I do that, you know, I can create a group of peers, a group of peers who want to do the same thing, and together we can create a, a, a group that's going to be able to provide better care to other people. So that's that's my way of thinking about this. And again, we all have our own reasons why we're doing the things we're doing. Um, still, we need to look at, okay, how can we make a change? And very often we get so stuck in our way of doing things that we, do, that we get used to it and we don't want to change anymore because, hey, nobody likes change. Change is uncomfortable. Change is a lot of uncertainty. Um, and, you know, it's nice. You know, we, we know it's not the best thing, the situation that we're in, but we're used to it. And we are used to it. Our environment is used to it. And even if I, you know, I, I know at the time I, I stopped eating meat. Uh, you know, I was a big meat eater when I was young. And, um, and about 15, 16 years ago, I decided to stop eating meat. Uh, so I was only eating chicken and uh, I was eating that and I stopped eating that. And while I was eating that, so when I stopped eating that, my family, my friends were telling me like, hey, Deepak, come on. You have been like the biggest meat eater we know. You can't stop eating. You don't be ridiculous. You know, people say things to me, things to you like that. And you start doubting yourself like, hmm, yeah, I think they're right. You know, maybe I should have a little bit of meat every now and then. And then I was doing that. And then you learn that, hey, wait a minute. I'm doing this just to please them. And I made a decision for my own reasons. But these people are keeping me in that, how to say, environment as a way of connect with me. And then I said, no, 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 no. I love to connect with these people. I want to be with these people. 
and I want to be healthy as well. And for me, eating meat was not a healthy way of living. And I'm not judging on the people who are eating meat because everybody should do what they want to do. But I wanted to make some changes for myself. Uh, so I decided not to do that. And I've been able to do that now successfully, about 15 years now, because I decided what I want to do for myself. And that has actually led other people to make some changes as well. Because when I was going to people's homes, they're going like, oh, Deepak is coming. So we better have something else than chicken in the house. And I I'm still eating fish. So, uh, so they would have some fish for me. And then I noticed people were having fish instead of meat, instead of chicken. So now things have radically changed because of the change I made for myself. So yeah, if you hold on to your own rules, to your own guidelines, then there will be like, you'll be a role model for other people as well without enforcing it to other people. So that's something that people should take into, consider into consideration as well. Awesome. So in terms of um, uh, looking for the future collaborations or future partnerships, not only yeah. uh, people from various sectors or people from different communities, uh, yeah. what gives you motivation um, to reach out to uh, different sets of people? I've seen you uh, probably, I've seen a couple of videos or Zoom pictures or probably screenshots on your LinkedIn posts. Uh, yeah. In terms of leadership coaching, what gives you motivation, Deepak? It's not definitely um, money is just a byproduct or the kind of results which we see is part of it. Yeah. But what gives you motivation? Well, you know, uh, it's good to say the money part because um, if people um, go into a career because of the money, I think they're going to be very disappointed very soon. Uh, so that's not the real reason why you should go for something. I think... What's really important as a motivation is like, what is the impact that you can make for other people? Uh, how okay. can you can help other people to become a, a better version of themselves or, or to get them to the next level, whatever that next level is. Now, some people are just uh, down here making their first step into improving themselves. And some people are somewhere on, on that journey already and have many made many changes already. So for me, the motivation is like, how can I help others to get to a next level? I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't certainly, I, I know that I don't have all the answers, um, but I know that I can help people to move forward. And, Again, and that's yeah. the main goal that I have to help people move forward because we want to create a better quality of life for all of us. And I know a way of doing that. And so if I can share that with other people, I think it's kind of a responsibility uh, that I have because if I hold it to myself, it's not going to do any good for the world. So I would love to share that with the world. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the, the broadcast on YouTube, on my YouTube channel as well. Yeah, the kind of impact you are creating in lives of others. Again, uh, attitude of gratitude. That's simply uh, exactly. superb. Yeah. Uh, like what you're giving and all. So in terms of, again, coming back to the healthcare system, there are lots of differences, not only in um, uh, UK or probably in the Europe or um, mm -hmm. the place where you are right now in the US or in Australia or in Asia. There are lots of differences, lots of healthcare disparities within the system. People suffering uh, from cancer in 
low income communities there's a huge uh, uh, there lots of various disparities how should um, over one one should overcome so what are your thoughts in terms of um, about how the healthcare system or how the leadership roles should work on uh, addressing these various disparities in healthcare well that's a, that's a very big question for me to answer raj <laughs> um you know there's a lot of things going on in the healthcare system i'm totally not aware of um and i'm totally not aware of all the all the challenges that are going on um but again you know not knowing all these things i think it always starts with hey, what can i do to improve um myself and how can i make sure that my way of thinking about the challenges that are being offered are uh, is not how to say um is not old or stuck or too rigid um so we need to keep a healthy way of thinking i think that's the most important thing because there's going to be it's going to be cancer today uh um uh, heart and cardiovascular diseases uh, tomorrow or maybe that's the other way around already uh, it's going to be diabetes it's going to be uh, parkinson alzheimer there's going to be lots of things that are going to be how to say keeping us busy as um how to say as patients but also as healthcare professionals um and we need to look at ways of how to say investigating all of these things without getting stuck in the patterns of thinking that we are having already because once you've gone down a certain path you know that path and you keep walking that path because you know that's the path you know so what are some other paths to get to maybe even a better solution uh, so so I, i was wondering like what is this path uh, what kind of uh, skill uh, which which helped you uh, to be visible as a leader again how did you develop this skill to be uh, very much visible as a leader because many leaders hide behind their computers they send a email they send a text message and mm-hmm. they hide behind the technology they even though yeah. they are in the office now due yeah. to the remote setting due to the post pandemic work setting uh, yeah. many people don't walk out into the lives of their employees or probably into their uh, yeah. so everybody is hiding behind the technology uh, yeah. uh, what skill one should develop uh, to be very visible as a leader what are the kind of skill sets which helped you well the thing is that you know i i hit uh, i don't know if you know the name keith farasi uh but i'm here to speak at, at at one of the events and keith was saying that you have the authority to engage as a leader if you want to be observed as leader if you want to become a leader you have the authority authority to engage so that means that whenever you see something is going on that doesn't feel right or needs to be fixed you need to step up now leaders step up when it's needed so you have the authority to authority to engage so i like that expression and i really believe that uh uh kid hit it there on the nail saying like okay as a leader you cannot wait for other people to how to say to do the things that you think should be done right if you think it should be done do it don't hide behind your computer don't just send out an email that and you hope that people will make a change 
No, you step up and you go ahead and do it. And just give a simple example. If And this is like a really simple example, nothing to do with leadership. But if I am uh, in the kitchen and I see something that is not at the place where it should be, or I see something has been dropped on the floor, I can look for someone else and say like, hey, why did you do that? Or why did you leave it there? Or whatever question I'm gonna ask them. But I can also pick it up and throw it away myself, right? And that's sometimes we feel like we are, no, we have to good. I'm gonna identify the problem, but somebody else has to solve it. No, you have the authority. So you, and you're not gonna be given the authority by other people if you don't claim the authority yourself. Very often we expect other people to see us as leaders because we have a certain position in life, but it's not how it works. Having a, a, def, a certain position or a certain title doesn't make you a leader. Um, I, think, I think John Maxwell is, is a great uh, speaker on this area yeah. as well. And um, he really um, hits it on his nail, in the nail, on the nails when he talks about the five levels of leadership. Um, get, having an, a position or a title doesn't make you a leader. No, leadership has to be earned. And you do that by setting an example and following through on that example. And then people will want to connect with you and they will give you the position as a leader. And then you have earned the title of a leader. And then, you know, that's how you become more vis visible. And people will follow you when you do that. Uh, that's very interesting. That's really great. In fact, uh, lots of leaders, they look for trying to be support you. Um, again, they want to make the change. They want to engage with uh, everything which is happening around them, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't know how. Uh, we talk about uh, the why, why, why again. Why are you doing it? Uh, people talk about Simon Sinek's why, why. But yeah. is there any Deepak Kasi's uh, formula? You say, be awesome, be awesome. Now let's dive into the last set, probably in the last quarter, where you have probably 10 yeah. to 15 minutes to cut down this. What is being raw? Some should I need? Should I need to eat raw food, raw meat? <laughs> what What do yeah. leaders need to be? What is this being raw? Some? Yeah. So as I said in the, in, the, in the beginning, is that um, in our previous conversation, is that being raw some means for me is being real, being raw, and being awesome. So those are the three ingredients. Um, so being real means like, hey. What is the situation? What is going on at the moment? What is the thing that I want to improve? What is the thing I'm not happy about? And looking at it and thinking like, okay, so this is the thing that I want to, um, almost want to say I want to attack. Like this is the thing I want to change now. And then you need to go and be raw. So be vulnerable, be open, be honest, be truthful to you know what you can do and what you cannot do. Uh, and, and don't try to put on a mask of being someone else. Uh, just be yourself. Just be, I would say, uh, as, yeah, as the word says, as raw as possible. And then realizing for yourself that, hey, we all have the aspects of being awesome. Um, awesomeness is something that's in, in all of us. And we're just not realizing that enough. So uh, once we realize that we are awesome, as well, then just take all these three things together, real, raw, and awesome, and then put them together, and then you get rawsome. And I think being rawsome is the next level of being awesome.
Okay. So that's that's that's, yeah. that's interesting. So being more vulnerable, being open, but again, it's the government. Um, again, with respect to <laughs> the way things are happening, mainly we are more creative. Uh, probably we seek help only in crisis. All the individuals, um, we approach leaders only. We are in crisis. We definitely look for help only if we know or understand that we are getting into a crisis. So mm -hmm. there are lots of um, um, professional and personal relationships which are also uh, are in a crisis due to the ongoing things. But I love the way, uh, the kind of perspective which you had put. So let's dive into um, the last segment, which is like a rapid round or probably some fun questions as to um, uh, what kind of talent which people need to hold uh, probably what could be the normal or the new normal in terms of uh, the kind of talent which is hidden within the organization. So could you share what was your first job, uh, Deepak? What was your first job Yeah. Uh, where you got paid? Okay. The first job I got paid. Now, I'm not looking at the side jobs I had when I was, when I was still studying um, because I did get paid then already. Um, but after my study, the first job actually was when I went into military service. Uh, I did the military service here. I was in the Dutch, uh, the Royal Navy. Uh, I wow. was an officer in the Navy. Uh, so I did that for about 16 months. Um, so that was my first paid job. And the, the fun thing was that when I was in the Navy, I was a teacher. Um, so my first job was being a teacher. And I was teaching because I have an, a degree in uh, electrical engineering. And um, so I was teaching things like data communication, computer architecture, um, Pascal programming. I don't know if people still remember Pascal or uh, machine language programming. Those kind of things I was teaching them. If you would ask me anything about these things right now, I, I know zip. I don't know anything about them anymore. So it's been too long ago. But after that, I went into the telecommunication industry. And that was also I was instructor for the telecom. Uh, telecommunication equipment that we were selling to the incumbents, uh, the telecom operators in the various countries uh, around the world, actually. So that was uh, my first paid job, well, my second paid job after the military service. Being yeah. in the Navy and teacher, okay. And if yeah. your parents had to describe you, what you do for a living, uh, what do they say mm -hmm. like? Oh man, that's a really interesting question. You know, uh, my dad doesn't live anymore. My dad, uh, so he passed away about six years ago. And actually his, his passing away was the main reason for me to make the change in profession because actually six years ago at his passing, I decided not to continue anymore with my project management consultancy job, um, but switch to, some, to what I'm doing right now. Um, and, Sorry, okay. Uh, that's okay. Um, and uh, my mom is, my mom is 85 now. And- Wow. Okay. If I, my mom doesn't know, so give you a little background. My mom is not an educated woman. My mom hasn't gone to school. My mom didn't learn, learn okay. to read or write. Uh, so my mom's pride is that we know that we have, I mean, her children have achieved a lot of things. So that's her pride. And, uh, and I'm proud to be her son because without her, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to be here. Um, and, if my mom has to tell other people what I'm doing, and then she tells them like, well, you know, my son 
talks a lot with other people. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how she explains it to other people. And because she doesn't really understand what I'm doing. Um, and that's okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, so apart from your parents, uh, who are the, if you had to pick three most influential people, uh, yeah. who are the three people who have been most influential to you so far? Yeah. So, uh, so you said I cannot pick my parents because they have been very influential for me. Yeah. Everybody would certainly pick parents, but we yeah. want to know, I mean, most of our yeah, guest speakers, we wanted to know from a, with a different yeah. perspective apart from parents, because yeah. definitely parents would be there. Uh, in of the course, core yeah. of what we're doing is they lie in our heart of what we yeah. do. So if you had to pick other people who had been most influential to you so far. Sure. So, uh, and, and, and to be honest, the first ones is, is not a person as you would know it here. You know, um, I'm not a very religious person, um, but I have been a, a devotee of Hanuman. Maybe you know Hanuman. Um, oh, really? Hanuman. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I've been doing, I've been, I've been praying to Hanuman since I was a child when I was about five, six years old. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm 55 today and I'm still doing it. Um, in the beginning I was doing it daily. Now I do it once a week. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, and the characteristics that I really liked about him was that he was humble, strong, wise, and he was very hairy. You know, and, uh, and child, I love that aspect and I wanted to have all of it in my life. So I'm very hairy as well, as you wouldn't say it right now, but I have that aspect as well. Um, so that has been a big influence for me in, in my life. And, okay. uh, and, and apart from that, you know, that you meet people in your life who are being, yeah, they're giving you something that you take on. I think, you know, uh, Tony Robbins is definitely one of those people. Uh, who has been a great influence uh, in my life. Um, okay. And also, um, you know, looking, it's very hard to identify one person specific, but I, I've met so many people in my life, and I'm a person who learns by experience, uh, by encounters that I have. And through all the traveling that I did in my life, I have met so many interesting people that they gave me something like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, I met a bus driver who turned to be like a, a millionaire. And I went like, how is that possible? Why would you be a bus driver and be a millionaire? All right. <laughs> and, uh, and so there's been like, those are the moments, those, those people who influence me a lot. Like, okay, because they make me curious. They make me think about, hey, what is it that I'm not seeing? What is it that I'm not realizing? Why is it that they're doing this instead of doing something else? Um, and those are people who are influencing me uh, a lot, I would say. Again, uh, if you had to give away our listeners mm -hmm. um, any of the resources which had uh, helped you, yeah. I know they should be able to reach you on LinkedIn uh, or through Googling Rossum.life. Or, um, yeah. I know with the kind of uh, things which you had shared about uh, the kind of people who had more influential to you, I could see when we look at ourselves in the mirror, they say that they, when you look at your own reflection in the mirror, there is God in everybody. There is God in uh, like a humbra masmi. In India, we say that. I don't know the kind of childhood you said uh, you had was not in India, uh, but the roots lie in Bihar. But you were born and brought up. Um, could you it's please enough. share? Where? Yeah. That yeah. was like in 
South America or Mexico? Yeah. Or was it uh, in? Yeah, so I was I was born in South America in Suriname, and Suriname okay. used to be a Dutch colony, and we moved okay. to the Netherlands when I was about nine years old. So that's been a long time ago. Uh, considering okay. I'm 55 now, yeah. So coming back to the question, so what are the resources which had helped you in the last five years? Not we wouldn't like to go 20 years or two decades because there are lots of resources from the Navy or with the kind of leadership development. As a teacher, you know, Google yeah. is one of the best resource, but apart from Google and YouTube, what yeah. are the resources <laughs> that have helped you along the way? You know, um, to be honest, I'm not a great reader. Um, and at the same time, books like are a great resource for growing yourself. And um, and and it's it's not a great thing to say, you know, being in this position that you're not a great reader. But I don't want to lie to your audience as well. You know, I have lots of books, and I and I keep buying books, and I go through the books uh, every time I buy them. Um, but I'm not a great reader. But I think uh, books are a great resource, and I love to read books which are helping me to how to say uh, become aware of the, the great strengths or the great powers that we as people have. So um, if you would go to any book like uh, Napoleon Hill's book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, but also uh, Tony Romans' book, A Limited Power or Awaken the Giant Within, uh, those are great books or great resources. And one of the things that I'm realizing more and more these days is that you know there is so much uh, wisdom in uh, the Asian world. Right? There's so much knowledge in the Asian world. And actually now I'm hearing all these things back from the Western world. They're giving me back all the Eastern knowledge in the Western, with a Western source, I would say. And like, hey, wait a minute, the source is there. So why don't I go back to the source? So that's, that's a resource that I'm really uh, exploring more and more these days. Um, there's one book, uh, I don't know if you know Ray Dalio. Um, and Ray Dalios is like one of the biggest uh, uh, fund managers in the world. And okay. Ray Dalio uh, recommended one of his books in, in his book. Um, it was like the, the Masters of the Far East. And I think that's the next, that's the next book I'm, I've ordered. And um, actually it was supposed to be in yesterday, but it didn't arrive yesterday. So I hope to okay. get it tomorrow. So books are a great resource uh, for me uh, to, how to say, to advance my knowledge. Next to the YouTube and all the Google things, right? <laughs> so it will still be there as well. So what is this problem which you are most passionate about solving? Apart from the kind of knowledge which you're gaining, going through all these resources, going through not only Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, or probably these other books uh, with mm -hmm. various fund managers, or Tony Robbins. Again, Tony is a planet, I would say, UPW and Date with Destiny. We, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not speaking much about uh, the kind of training coaching which is due to Tony and probably the participants out there. What is this problem which you are most passionate about solving? Like, what is that problem which you're trying to solve right now? Mm. Well, uh, that's uh, to give like in one thing, I would say uh, removing the limiting beliefs that people have. Right? Uh, uh, because removing limiting beliefs that people have is like uh, I would say robbing them from their dreams their desires their goals uh, whatever they want to achieve and uh, once you're able to remove that limiting belief then you can 
really go after that. So whatever that limiting belief is, if I can help you to remove that limiting belief, I mean, that's the, that really juices me up every time uh, I, people, it's like a, a light bulb goes on, like, wow, I'm, uh, how long? I see something now, or they feel like something has dropped from their shoulder. They're not carrying that with them anymore. And that's like this moment where you have this breakthrough and then bang, things happen for these people. And that's what I really love seeing for uh, people. Okay. And also from the videos which I watched on YouTube, I got to know that you're more of um, um, into spirituality, you're a person who believes in some universal power and all that. So yeah. if Deepak wasn't a coach, if Deepak was into corporate world or he, if your journey was not what you had been, what yeah. would you do with your career if this wasn't it? What would you do yeah. different? That's really, that's really, I love that question. You know, because the, I said as I have a degree in electrical engineering. And the reason I, I, I chose for electrical engineering is because I had a brother-in-law who's like a car mechanic. I had a brother-in-law who was like a tailor. I had a brother-in-law who was, I had a lot of sisters. Um, I have a brother-in-law who was like a carpenter. And <laughs> I, I can visualize one, so. so many images from different movies. <laughs> the book has so like, I don't know if you know Shahrukh Khan or uh, yeah, Akshay Kumar. Uh, yeah, Akshay Kumar reminds me of you holding a black belt, in fact. Yeah, I got to know um, you were, you had a black belt also, right? Yes. So right. I was visualizing you as a stunt person, somebody who could, that's all, uh, that's amazing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please go ahead. Yeah, no worries. So I decided to go for electrical engineering. And uh, when I finished that study, actually while I was doing that study, I was just finishing it. And I was thinking like, you know what? If I could do things over again, I would love to be a journalist. Uh, and yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> journalist, being a journalist. Yeah. And the reason for being a journalist is that, I mean, a, a true journalist for me is someone who's looking for the truth. It's wow. trying to uncover what's out there, what people have are not aware of yet. And um, I love the saying, um, you know, left Havel was like the first president of the Czech Republic. And um, he was a poet as well and a writer. And he had this saying, saying like, follow the people who are looking for the truth, but run away from the people who have claimed to have found it. And I love that quote a lot. And I'm still using it today. <laughs> That's why I say I don't pretend to know all the truth, because what is the truth? We don't know. We only can compare it with what we know today. Um, because some things we believe like hundreds of years ago, which are not true anymore. We know that's not true anymore. Um, so being a journalist is like looking for the truth all the time. And even if you have uncovered the truth, you keep looking for something else. So being a journalist would be like a great thing for me if I was the coach, a trainer, electrical engineer or whatever. Yeah, that is my job. Awesome. And uh, could you share now as this is like almost the end of the show. In fact, we should Okay, we have Parul who had joined second European true journalist looks for truth. Thank you, Parul, for saying, uh, for uh, highlighting that. Uh, mm. Parul, I guess, uh, she's tuning in from India. That's again, as we are live on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, again, mm -hmm. um, what is what is the best compliment? Or getting this is like part of the fine, final person, like 
what is the best compliment which you had uh, ever received so far with the kind of people i bet you had already spoken to thousands of people through zoom or through tele uh, space <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't say teleport like uh, inception or yeah. uh, christopher nolan's i don't know if you go, if you did you get to watch tenet again coming back to the end of the show i want to get a little personal there's this <laughs> yeah. movie by name tenet did you watch it I didn't. I didn't see it yet. I, I heard great things about it, but I didn't see it yet. So I still need to watch it. But I guess. I guess. Myself. <laughs> okay. I guess. Um, no. The way you mentioned Hanuma with the long hair again, it makes me uh, get a little casual with you. Uh, at first, yeah. I thought, let me keep this conversation only to leadership development and into healthcare, adding little value to healthcare executives. Um, but um, you did watch Inception, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now going into an interview within an interview interview is I'm not talking about dream within dream. <laughs> when I'm talking about tenet is something as we are moving forward with this interview, there is also a reverse direction. There's a reverse of yeah. everything which happens in the parallel world. Now, if there was this best compliment, if you had received, uh, not from your spouse or kids, uh, but anybody out there, what was the best compliment you ever ever received? Yeah. I think the best compliment I received is like, hey, Deepak, you helped me to make this change that I didn't think that I didn't think was possible before. Um, you helped me to make this progress that I couldn't do before myself. And okay. when I help people on their journey to move forward and they feed that back to me, I'm, I'm super happy. I mean, that's gives me so much fulfillment to realize that I have been able to add value to somebody else. I mean, what else uh, do you want? You know, if, if, yeah, that's, that's what I live for, to add value uh, for myself, but also to other people. So if they give it back to me, that's what I really love. Awesome. Uh, the last question for the day. Uh, I know we already ran over <laughs> the time. In fact, what is your best tip for making this world a better place? Okay. Um, that, that goes back to um, being a critical thinker. Um, never assume that things are the way they are. So keep an open mind and keep questioning yourself and keep asking yourself like, hey, is this really true or not? Whether that's in your mind, whether that's in the world, whether that's with your partner, with your family, whatever, keep a critical mind because if you don't keep an open mind, keep a critical mind, you're going to believe the lies, if I can say that, that you tell yourself as well. So keep an open mind. Yeah. Awesome. I guess that, that's also keeping an open mind during the COVID. Uh, we all innovated very quickly. We became very creative. In fact, uh, there are things which did very fast. Probably uh, I would say there are things which changed overnight. Normally, in if this was like 2019 or 2018, it wouldn't. It would have taken us three months or six months to see the kind of change which we had seen in the last mm -hmm. one year, the kind of business plans and um, how everybody had uh, got comfortably adjusted to making things very effectively. So I, I love the way you put it. Uh, keep an open mind, be a critical thinker. So mm -hmm. don't bottle uh, this energy, the kind of creativity which exists in all of us. Don't make sure things happen only during the crisis. Thank you so much, Deepak, for all the listeners. 
there is amazing yeah. talent in people there is amazing talent not only on linkedin or on across social media during the normal times or there's amazing talent in the organization and yeah. this shouldn't blossom only during the crisis this should yeah. happen every breath we take and that's what i strongly believe in and thank you so much for accepting this invite deepak once again i know again yeah, with the kind you. of things which you mentioned yeah. uh you need to help people you need to take uh, one step forward at the beginning i thought you are an amazing leader for a couple of decades i had little uh, doubt there was this speck of dust probably there's little doubt um would you be able to accept or invite to speak to the physician leaders now you'll be able to catch this entire uh, podcast on google and apple podcast as well for all the listeners who will hit the replay uh, who's going to see the snippets of this on social media uh, which will be available and you i'll share the recordings with you also deepak Excellent. this complete conversation yeah. i'm going to Thank mail you. it to you yeah and uh, i'll see you uh, or probably i'll talk to you soon very much again Excellent. and for all the so, listeners thank you so yeah. much so Is thank there you anything very much, very much for this invitation and you know i was happy to contribute uh, for your uh, audience uh, and everybody else who was listening into this as well thank you thank you so much deepak thank I'll you talk to you soon bye bye take care bye bye